Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Germ Warfare is Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. <laughs> Germ Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. As always, thank you. Thank you for the emails. I appreciate uh, knowing where you are mailing me from. It's uh, for me very interesting. If you are watching via one of the video feeds, great to have you uh, here. Uh, all the all the links are on TNT's website, X, Rumble, YouTube, etc. They're all there. Uh, go to my own page on TNT's website. You'll see the, the uh, archive of previous conversations both in video and in audio format. Uh, the options are endless. I love this idea of being able to listen uh, or watch a show after the fact. Uh, the old days of live radio being the only thing um, I think are pretty much over. And uh, as always, jump into the live chat. I've got it open in front of me. Uh, take part in the conversation. On that note, my name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas that division people are talking about and that cluelessness that they want to push today's news talk radio tnt my friend simon Roche, thank you for joining me in the trenches again it's my pleasure to be here jeremy uh as you know i represent and i work for saitlander's organization and for us it's always a great pleasure to be on such a, a fantastic show with so much reach thank you no, it's a pleasure. Listen, we were chatting just before we went live. Uh, here in South Africa, a term of, of endearment plus a greeting is uh, saying China. We will say, how's it, my China, or how's it going, my China? I was chatting to a friend who's not from South Africa not too long ago, and he had no idea what I was saying. It's one of those weird things, isn't it? A cultural, a cultural enigma. I have no idea where this term comes from. I don't know why we call people China. And it makes zero sense trying to explain it <laughs> to somebody who's not from here. Well, I discovered that it comes from the Cockney rhyming slang for mate, China plate. Um, I didn't know that for years and years and years. And I think that 99.9% of South Africans don't know it. Uh, they think it's indigenous, but uh, it's not. Cockney rhyming slang, China plate, mate. Really? So it's not a South African-ism? Can you believe it? No, I can't. What? That's amazing. So so you're telling me that, that people in the UK say it? They, they'll call one another China? Well, I think that the Cockneys, from what I can tell, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm by no stretch of the imagination an expert, but I did watch a, a YouTube video on the Cockneys and uh, East London and so on, things that are completely unfamiliar to me. Um, and they talked about how they're a dying breed and th that sort of thing. So I think that it's a term that came across to South Africa many, many, many years ago and has endured here perhaps better than it has in, in England. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, so somebody called Holly, who I believe is in the UK, in the live chat, is saying that she uses the phrase, my old China. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's still alive. Yeah, and someone else is saying it's a very old phrase. 
I had absolutely no idea. I'm guessing our British Commonwealth history uh, played a big role in that. Mm, yeah, well, you know, there were the, the 1820 settlers who settled the farms uh, of the Eastern Cape. Um, and then successive waves right into the 80s. I remember at school in the 80s, we received many, many immigrants from the UK. It was a time when South Africa was, you know, between a, a huge boom or in the middle of a huge boom and the, the subsequent bust in the late 80s as the, the violence of the anti-apartheid struggle, you know, really affected the mm. country. <clears throat> Our interest rates went to 27%. There was a universal boycott. We struggled to get uh, fuel, oil, and so on and so forth. But there was that brief period when I was a school kid um, between, let's say, you know, the early 80s and the late 80s when South Africa seemed like it was going to be, a, you know, just a continuing paradise. Um, so you can go back, you know, 160 years of through 160 years worth of waves of British immigrants who might have brought that in. Obviously, um, many soldiers who fought in the first and second Anglo-Boer War, Boer Wars, would have remained here. They would have found a, a woman. They would have found a, a business opportunity or a farming opportunity, um, or they would have just simply gotten stuck. Um, that in itself would have been a wave. And then with the Union of South Africa in 1910, when South Africa became fully a colony, a, 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 really a solid entity of the British Empire, many people would have come out here thinking, right, I'm you know sick and tired of East Cheshire or wherever I live, for whatever reason, I'm poor, or you know, it's, there's mm. a slump or there's no work. Uh, I'm going to go to somewhere where the future looks bright, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the USA, South Africa. So there's, you know, been a long, solid history of of uh, cultural connection that sometimes we forget about. That's a good point, Simon. Uh, I'm just, I mean, the comments are going quite wild at the moment. Uh, it turns out that the term China is a lot more, a lot more uh, known than I thought it was outside of South Africa. But that kind of plays into a meta conversation of sorts, you know, in terms of the sort of this culture that we have obviously grown into here in South Africa, that's a few hundred years old, maybe a little bit younger in, in some quarters, and how we have this history that, that dates to the Dutch, to the British, to Germans, and of course, others, but mostly Dutch and British. And, um, mm. and we've, we've kind of We've kind of created our own thing. We have our own language. We have the Oxford South African Dictionary, for example, which now uses words that are not in the English language as we know it. But we've yeah. we've taken we've taken from, for example, Afrikaans and made them English words like "bry." And I, th I think a lot of people don't understand that in South Africa, when we speak English, we don't use the word barbecue, for example. Yes. Yeah. At all. Nobody uses the word. That's a, a, almost a. Uh, what is, uh, I don't want to exaggerate the thing, but it's almost blasphemous. You know, if, if you said barbecue here, nobody would take you seriously. It's just, that's for people who, who, who cook 
hot dogs and hamburger patties and junk like that over a fire. And I frankly have never not once seen that in my 53 years in South Africa. What's interesting to me, Simon, is we're, we're talking a little bit colloquially about about culture. Uh, and for me, culture is very important. I, in fact, I would I would argue that culture is upstream from politics. It's probably the most important thing there is in terms of uh, any kind of collective thought. Would you agree with that, firstly? Culture is upstream of politics. Yeah, there, there are no two ways about it. We know, uh, in fact, I've, I've re received this morning from uh, Gordon in Pennsylvania an article by uh, I've got, sorry, I don't know who it's by. I haven't opened it yet, but it's uh, from the J. Philip Rushton Institute or something like that <clears throat> on on culture as it is informed by genetics. Um, and of course, we know this. We, you know, there's almost no point in discussing it. But people build houses of a certain shape with certain characteristics. Uh, over centuries and thousands of years because of something inside of them. Now, there are always exceptions to that, and there is a continuum that bleeds into itself. So we mustn't overstate the case. But <clears throat> the reality is that culture can be informed by the ecosystem, the ecology, the climate, weather, uh, topography and terrain, informed by... Uh, there's some very interesting studies on how the fjords of Norway uh, informed the culture and the genetics, very interestingly, of the Norwegians, because the fjords obliged small groups to be separated from one another. Therefore, intermarriage was exceedingly limited over a very protracted period of time of Christianity and literacy. Therefore, they were able to track in a number of studies <coughs> various uh, cultural performances, if you like, through parish records. The people were Christian, they belonged to a parish, and the parish register could be kept because the people were also literate and they were unique almost in the world, not to exaggerate the thing, but almost in the world, uh, in the degree of the separation of the clans from one another uh, through the, the fjords. And so we know now from genetic research, from evolutionary bi biology, many things that are 180 degrees opposite to, um, to, let's say, the general sociological trend of the past roughly 70 years since the work of Franz Boas and Margaret Mead in the South Pacific which is just a complete fiction. Every single word that Margaret Mead wrote was an absolute fiction. <clears throat> and so we have it. I'm digressing now, but so we have these situations where, for instance, uh, Venus and Serena Williams take on, I forget the chappie's name, German guy, who was at the time a uh, tennis player, male, male tennis player, ranked number 192 in the no i beg your pardon he was ranked 211 or 213 but the highest rank he ever attained in his career was 192 at the melbourne uh the australian open at melbourne 
in 2007 or 2008. And he smashed them 6261. But we still have this phenomenon where um, you have the U.S. women's soccer team taking on uh, under-15 boys team and being slashed, smashed 11-0 or 11-1, whatever the score was, uh, taking on the Wrexham. Wrexham. Nobody knows Wrexham. Nobody heard of Wrexham. Nobody can find Wrexham on a, on a map. Not just stupid Americans being interviewed uh, on the streets for YouTube videos. Nobody knows where's Wrexham. The Wrexham non-league soccer club, I say that for the benefit of uh, non-British listeners, uh, viewers, Wrexham non-league soccer clubs, retired players and losing 15-0. They, they, we've been... Uh, through the work of France Boas and and um, uh, 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 Margaret Mead and, and many other very stupid people, we've been separated from a very simple reality that you're talking about. Culture is upstream of politics. You have something inside you that is genetically unique. And between you and me, it's it's much, much closer than it is between me and some fellow in Nepal. And, and that thing that is common to you and me has certain outpourings and expressions. That's culture, tradition, language, identity, historical uh, uh, performance, if you like, over a very extended period that shares a, a, a clearly identifiable common core. And out of that, or from within that, is this political thing. You're absolutely what? dead right. It Simon, why do you think it's so taboo to to dive into what it is that you're referring to? You're talking about the differences between people, and it's very politically incorrect to to go beyond the superficial in this in this conversation. Man, Jeremy, it's just plain stupidity, and I'm over it. Um, mm. You yeah, know, the, the human genome. Uh, <laughs> Heavens above. Uh, the, the human genome is occupied about 12%. I'm quoting now um, uh, uh, Edward Dutton. He has some very, very excellent edifying videos on this sort of thing. With everything but the brain. So 12% of the human genome dictates your hair, your eyes, your height, your, your muscle uh, 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 explosiveness, <coughs> red blood cells, your, your bone density, your, your ability to carry a note, whether you have steatopigia or not, you know, a, a very abundant rear end, uh, your, uh, the flaccidity of your male member, all of these stereotypes, your ability to run long distances, your ability to run... All of this stuff, you're, you're, how prone you are to illness. And we know now there were, there were huge. Uh, I should actually do some research on this and, and perhaps bring it up on another program. But <clears throat> we, we know now, in spite of the huge opposition by the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, 
the, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and so on and so forth. These massive campaigns against this information coming out that different races, bodies, firstly get very, very, very much different illnesses and uh, 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 react very, very, very much differently to, um, to the medications. Some races should absolutely not, never, under any circumstances whatsoever, take medications that may be the most successful in the world when you consider, the, you know, the, the majorities. Um, we, we know, we know that only Caucasians have about 4% consistently Neanderthal in their, in their genetic makeup. You and I have, I might have 3.9, you might have 4.1%. All other races may have 1.5%. And one particular race has nil consistently without any exceptions similarly only white people now we could say the same by the way I'm, I'm talking about white people we could be talking about black people and i could be saying only black people can can uh, carry a semi-quaver with a whatever you know some other element we just this is coincidental it's not bragging or boasting or being an asshole about this uh, but only white people. And those peoples on the peripheries of historical white settlement. And those very few Central Asian peoples, some very few, largely those that have a huge blood input from Alexander the Great's campaigns. Those are the only people in the world who possess the enzymes required to break down dairy. And there are no exceptions to that. Forget about it. If you are not from those people, and you eat milk, cream, cheese, butter, it's not good for you. It shortens your lifespan and gives you illness. Similarly, we know that there are very, very, very few people outside of Caucasians who possess the enzymes <coughs> to break down alcohol. And that's why, for instance, in South Africa, fetal alcohol syndrome is such a phenomenal problem. And alcoholism among some of the other primitive races of the world, such as the Aborigines of Australia, is so severe. Uh, among the, the Inuits and the, the, the uh, tribes of, of Canada and North America, the, <clears throat> the Native Americans. It's a fallacy that it's because of despair and work not available. Because if you consider the potency of alcohol on their systems, it's like taking heroin, meaning that once you identify the degree and the extent to which alcohol is addictive and detrimental to uh, 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 Bushman people, to uh, Khoi, San, Hottentot, uh, Aborigines, Inuits, and Eskimos, and so on. You don't need to look for another explanation. You don't have to search around for unemployment and low self-esteem and uh, they put us on a reservation and it's all too bad. Those things may have some validity, but you don't, it's like, for instance, there's a woman, Kore Korean professor at Harvard University who wrote a paper, I read it, but many years ago, on breast cancer. And at the end, she says, it may be 
that this and that and the next thing have some relevance to breast cancer. But once you identify that breast cancer is overwhelmingly caused by the, the female steroids or the synthetic versions of st female steroids that are given to oxen to fatten them up to produce commercial beef in the Western world. She said, once you can see that and the effect that it has on the, fe the, the female human body, you don't need to worry about smoking. Should we stop women from smoking? Should we wear pink bangles and I don't know what all sorts of pink things on breast can cancer month? She was very blunt. She said, once you see that 97 or 98 or 99% of the cause is this, what do you care about the rest? <clears throat> so, mm -hmm. to I know I've been very long-winded, but the reality is that these, these differences are huge. Now, yeah. I began by saying, and I'll conclude very briefly, I apologize, Jeremy, that if you think that 12% of the human genome dictates all these things about our body, what illnesses we get, whether we can drink alcohol or not, whether we can eat cheese or not, whether we... Everything, everything, everything about our bodies, the, the multifarious permutations of possibility. I'm bigger, you're stronger. It's, yeah. it's, it runs to the hundreds of billions. Now consider, what is the mathematics of the 88% of the human genome percent being of 100, 12% from 100 leaves you with 88%. We've discussed the body. The 88% that contributes to the brain, this is scientifically proven. Yeah. It means that the differences between salient peoples mentally are far, are infinitely greater then the differences between the colors of our skin, between the sizes of our boobs, between our ability to sing and to run and to digest alcohol and to <clears throat> play basketball and to you name it. Yeah. The mathematics is, is, is mind-blowing. Simon. Just let me just quickly go to a break and then we'll continue if you don't mind. <laughs> I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jerm. This is TNT. TNT's Alex Zaharoff Roy. The big thing that people are not doing uh, is using a virtual private network when they're online. So please do that. Make sure that you're also using things like a password manager. Make sure that you're using things like a, uh, a system to make sure that you uh, always get a Google authenticated code. Don't use the uh, SMS system that uh, sends a text message to you. Very convenient, but really not uh, the safest way of doing things because people can be simjacked. This actually happened to Jack Dorsey, the guy who's in charge of Twitter. Talking Tech with Alex Zaharoff Royd on today's News Talk TNT. Sometimes a car comes along that changes everything with innovations never thought possible and features that make you wonder how did people survive without this? This is that time. And this is that car. This is the world's first VWB. Equipped with transparent doors to eliminate reasonable suspicion, 
whatever that means. A 10 and 2 steering wheel that keeps hands visible at all times. We remove the glove box so there's no confusion about what the driver is reaching for. With a touch of a button, the ultrasonic biometric scanner displays the license and registration of the driver to ensure contactless exchange of information. With no trunk, nothing can be concealed, so therefore, there is nothing to search and seize. To ensure you will never be mistaken for breaking the speed limit, we've installed limited edition airless tires. And we remove the engine because, honestly, why risk it? DWB, the first vehicle of its kind, where the safety feature is the car itself. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Simon, there's a comment here. Sorry for, by the way, interrupting you uh, just before the break. Uh, there's a comment here that says, uh, but there's only one race, the human race. This is, a, this is a comment that I think has taken hold of the politically correct segment of society, Simon. Jeremy, I'll respond in a second. Let me, I, I apologize for hogging the, the, what you call it, but just to conclude the previous thought. You, your original question was, why are people afraid to talk about this stuff? I don't care whether people are afraid to talk about it or not. The reality is that if you think that the U.S. women's soccer team can beat under-16s, you're mentally retarded. <clears throat> if you think that there are no differences between peoples except superficial, when in fact the mathematics tells you that the, 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 the superficial differences are a teeny, 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 tiny fraction of the mental differences. It just goes on and on and on. Jeremy, over the past couple of days, I'll be brief. There's been some reports out of England. Apparently, I, I hope I don't botch this story. The, the trans league or trans LGBTQ, whatever, some entity has made it known and they've been supported by the National Health Trust that male, trans, whatever you call I don't know which is a trans male and which is a trans woman, but the, the, the one that was, the one that has X and Y chromosome, the male male, breast milk from a male is the same as that of a female. Except, I saw that. <laughs> except that you have to take two steroids to, to develop the, you know, in the womb, you can go, either go, go this way and become a girl or that way and become a boy and it's the latent features like nipples. You know, I have nipples. They're no good to me. Serve no purpose. Um, <clears throat> the, 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 the latent um, glands be developed in the man. Then you have to take another thing that induces lactation. The manufacturers of it, Janssen, that's right, Johnson and Johnson, Janssen, one and the same. Have a have a warning on this product, saying that babies who drink the product can suffer brain damage, 
a permanent heart damage, lifelong heart damage. Blah, 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 blah. So there you see the difference between actuality and this thing of being too afraid to talk about whatever. Is that they are as far apart from one another as the East from the West. Um, so that was just to conclude that that rant in response to to your to your previous question, Jeremy. Yeah, but I was I was saying that there's that comment uh, saying, "Yo, but there's just one race, human race." It's the same sort of homogeneity idea that there's only one sex. You know, we all just it's all just fluid. It's not. There are obviously differences with like dogs. You have. The yeah. Great Dane, which is vastly different to a Dachshund. They're both dogs, but they both have different strengths and different sizes and capabilities, etc. And and temperaments and intelligences. Um, mm. I used to hunt with Jack Russells. And one, through one thing and another, one got old and died. One was killed by the black kids across the road. Um, uh, and so one ate poison, whatever. So I'm left with a Belgian Malinois. You know, Jeremy, over the past whatever period of time, roughly since the work of Franz Boetz and, um, and, and Margaret Mead, <clears throat> the whole world has followed this politically correct idea of, you know, we're all the same, this, that, the next thing. But two parties didn't. Two parties alone said, we don't care what you teach in the universities. We're going in the opposite direction. And they were horse and dog breeders. Because the differences, I'm talking now only about temperament and intelligence, between Belgian Malinois and Jack Russells is like the difference between night and day. Yes, they can interbreed. And there's a lot of good work on, 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 on that subject. But the differences are night and day. It's poppycock, Jeremy. It's, it's so dumb, it's almost not worth talking about. You know, when you can see in one group of people a a a four percent and percentage terms the different look i'm about five foot ten if i was uh, uh, uh 10 feet tall 11 feet tall the the, the difference would be i mean the, the tallest man that ever lived was robert pershing wadlow and his height was eight foot 11 inches and he wouldn't have been able to fit under my my ceiling if you double something, if you, the difference between 120 kilometers an hour in a, in a car and 240 kilometers an hour is beyond the intellectual capability of the vast majority of human beings. The, the, the doubling of something is phenomenal. So if I have 4% Neanderthal DNA and you have 1.5%, the difference is not 2.5% to a scientist. To a scientist, the difference is more than double. Yeah. The difference is phenomenal. The difference is enormous. Uh, so it's it's almost a subject not worth addressing. Uh, it's so yeah. dumb that it's beyond the time and the trouble to hold the conversation. Yes, but Simon, it is a conversation that we need to address constantly now. I mean, the year's 2024, and we now see people asking, what is a woman? It's as though we are going backwards. Oh, Jeremy, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, except that it's a relief to me 
that I live in the community that I do, very small, ultra-conservative village in which there are many people who belong to the same ultra-conservative organization, Saitlanders, that I do. <laughs> because when I go to the big cities now, nowadays, it, it warps my mind. It, it is very, very traumatic for me. Exceedingly dif difficult to cope with. The, the the madness that seems to reign in the Western world, whether I go to Europe, as you were in Europe recently, or Johannesburg or Cape Town, or as I recently spent three months in the United States. It's uh, it's just a relief to me that I don't have to deal with this madness that requires that conversation. And I don't dismiss what you're saying. You, you're spot on. Mm. But that we, I, I don't, oh, no, Jeremy, heavens above, it's too much for your mind. <clears throat> no, man. There's an interesting comment here. Uh, it's a long comment, so I'll just do the, you know, the, the the first bit. Differences are deliberately being confused and merged by totalitarian globalists, Zionists, Khazarian maf mafia to make us confused and weaker. Now, do you think a lot of this, the the the, the fact that we're having this conversation, do you think a lot of this? is by design or by emergence or do you think it's a combination no it's absolutely by by design there's nothing organic about it it didn't um spontaneously erupt from within our society and our culture it was it was um uh, uh what is the word imposed upon us um you I, i've been an avid reader for all of my life i began to read the newspaper twice a day at about the age of seven. Um, and I can speak with confidence, I'm now 53, I can speak with confidence when I say that, that immigration into Europe is an art, for instance, as an illustration of this, is an artifact of the political class, not of the demands of the voters of European societies, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the USA, and so on. All of this stuff is, some, is stuff that's been imposed upon us. And, and for those people who are willing to go to the trouble to track it back, it's all traceable to the Talmud, all of it, with no exceptions. <clears throat> um, those people who are willing to do the work of reading Saul Alinsky and reading Karl Marx and reading the private correspondence of, of Karl Marx uh, 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 and reading the Talmud, it will immediately arrive at the conclusion that, that that Korean professor of medicine at Harvard University arrived at concerning breast cancer. Once you identify that with the utmost certainty, breast cancer in women is caused overwhelmingly by female steroids and commercial meat production in the Western world, what's the point of worrying about the 0.1% influence of, of secondhand smoking, which can probably be overcome by the body's natural defenses? It's not that 0.1% that's breaking the body down and uh, uh, to the point where the body uh, can't defend itself uh, uh, against the growth of cancer. That's not the worry. Forget about all of that other stuff, whether you breathe in some harsh chemicals. I'm not saying factory chemicals are, are bad. I'm saying that once you see that the guy was shot by a 38 snub-nosed revolver 
in the temple. What is the point of worrying about whether he had COVID-19 too? Mm. It's Simon, all right. On that note, let me just quickly go to a break. I'll be back with you shortly. Simon Roche, this is TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Yesterday, for the second year in a row, Joe Biden skipped the traditional pre-Super Bowl interview. It would have exposed him to 60 million people, a chance to rebut what the special counsel said about his memory and, and other things. And it comes as no surprise that he skipped it. What comes as a surprise is what Jake Tapper said on CNN. People misspeak. I get it. I misspeak. But part of the job of president is the, the having the confidence of the American people in your faculties. Forget what Robert Hur said in the report. This is President Biden speaking publicly. Do you understand why some Democrats, according to polls, a majority of Democrats are concerned? And then Tapper addressed the missed Super Bowl opportunity with Democratic Congressman Robert Garcia. For instance, he's not doing the traditional Super Bowl interview with the network that's hosting the Super Bowl, which this year is CBS. I understand not doing it last year with Fox. This year it's CBS and he's, he's not doing that. That sends a signal to people. What is he afraid of uh, when it comes to doing that interview? I mean, he's not afraid of anything. I mean, oh, first, uh, the, the president's got a busy schedule. I mean, who cares if he's not doing the Super Bowl interview? He it's not that people care about it, uh, whether or not it is a Super Bowl interview. It's a, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity to speak to tens of millions of Americans. And uh, I, I have it under good authority that this year there are going to be a lot of Swifties watching. Uh, that's a lot of women uh, and men. Good for Tapper. Shame on shameless Garcia. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, Together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Simon, so many comments I can't keep up, but Catherine, who I believe is in the U.S., she says, I've been sidetracked. I'm Caucasian. So am I in the 4% Neanderthal? And did I just answer my own question? <laughs> I, yes, I suspect, yes, yes. I suspect Simon, I'm definitely, definitely got some Neanderthal in me because I am very stupid at times. Last week, I accidentally stabbed myself in my own hand with my camping knife and I had to get stitches. <laughs> was it was it a bad stab, Jeremy? Very bad, very bad into the muscle. <laughs> oh, really? Sure. Yes. I would show Jeremy, you, but my, I, believe, I don't think I should. I believe that you're going to the Kruger National Park uh, in shortly. June. You're very fortunate. in June. In June, yes. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, that'll be that'll be nice, huh? It's one of those things that I that I love about living in Africa. Um, you know, it, there are so many good reasons to go to other countries in, you know, in the first world, shall we say, um, things work, they have electricity, uh, but lots of lots of downsides. And uh, I do enjoy being able to go hunting or go to a game park, you know, some of those things that we we take for granted here in, you know, in South Africa, Simon. 
Yeah, well, I've recently been, I have a mate um, who has about 16 farms. He's just a, a very industrious guy, works 12 hours a day, if not 20, six days a week. Um, you know, uh, started very small, um, but he's done very well. And he's got a whole bunch of, of 16 about, but two, the two major sets of about six and four, are separated from one another by about uh, 25 kilometers, call it 15 miles or so. <clears throat> and so one of his farmsteads is derelict and, and he wants somebody to occupy it. And I may move down there. It's not a dead certainty, but I have spent the past nine days down there. I came back yesterday for this interview, to be in time for this interview with you. And it is just so marvelous the springbok and the eland and the kudu and the the ribok and the the lukavana the legwans the uh, the bird life the owls and the bats in the evening the fish life in the the, the dams the terrapins the tortoises i rode over a nice size maybe 1.2 meterish um uh, cape cobra um Oh, it's just, it, it's it's to die for. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, it just, I just want to go back just a little bit to our conversation about culture, because uh, it was it was really, really good. Um, and I just want to, there's something I wanted to throw in earlier, Simon. But going back to the idea that it's controversial or taboo is something that we should reject. Uh, these are, number one, very obvious observations we're not talking about peripheral yeah we're talking about in the main and asians for example are you know generally speaking have black hair and are shorter and so therefore because of their height would struggle to play basketball now there's nothing you can do to change that if you're asian that's just the way it is and as thomas Sowell has written about uh black people in the main are very good athletes which is why they dominate in in sprinting and running and, and whether it's short distance or long distance. These are very obvious differences that for some reason people don't want to acknowledge. And I think, I think we should take great joy in celebrating these differences rather than being embarrassed or ashamed of them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, it's a tricky one, Jeremy, because one way or the other, whether people like it or not, a balance has been struck that has been largely advantageous to one group, which is not to say that white people are the bee's knees and they're always the best all of the time. The 30 years war was white people. The seven years war, the hundred years war, World War One, World War Two, in the Gemorah, the commentary, on the Mishnah, together they form the Talmud in the Gemara. It says that the white people asked God for, you know, everybody asked for their gifts. And, the, and this is deadly serious. <clears throat> and the white people asked for nine tenths of murder, that, that we would be the world's number one when it came to, to murder. So it's not to say the white people are always good, but we have received a, a tremendous balance between the, the three factors that count. 
people usually think of two, but they are actually very, um, what is the word? Um, uh, discernible, that's not the word I'm looking for. It's intelligence, temperament, and physical. And <clears throat> the intelligence and temperament are not the same thing. The, the, the work of the prefrontal cortex has got almost bugger all to do with the rest of, of the brain. And temperament dictates uh, things that count for a lot, regardless of your intelligence. If you're stupid, but you have within you, you possess the ability to defer reward, you can, you can last a winter. If you're not, you can't. If, or if you don't possess it, if you're extremely intelligent, but your prefrontal cortex is, is underdeveloped, you won't last the winter. You'll go into the winter as a genius, but without the preparations and the what have you to. So it's, it's unfortunately a subject that you have to avoid if you care about other people's feelings. Because at the end of the day, yes, the, the, the uh, what do you call these people? <coughs> the... Um, the Egyptians and the Babylonians and the Persians and blah, 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 blah. They're all sorts of people, the Mayans. Uh, recent research now, just in the past few years, the revelations of what was done in South America is exploding in the scientific world. And that's by ori Oriental people. We know that, that the Mayans, the Toltecs, the Aztecs, the, uh, the Mesoamericans, the uh, whole lot are fundamentally Oriental people. Uh, what they achieved in Central and South America in terms of architecture and uh, agriculture, aqueducts and all of that is just incredible. But sadly, the more you explore this subject, the more advantageous it seems to be to the Caucasian peoples of the world. It is a subject that is not worth exploring very deeply if you're not Caucasian. So it's one of those yes and no things, you know. Yeah, we do all have our strengths, <coughs> but but to all of our jealousy, or at the very least envy, little Johnny over there, uh, you know, on balance is better than the rest of us, and nobody likes that unless you're little Johnny or little Johnny's mommy. And it's a tricky one. So comment here. Uh, uh in reference to your defer reward comment, control thyself is top of the heap of qualities for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, uh, you are, oh, Jeremy, this is a fascinating subject, man. If you, if, uh, if maybe it's a subject for another day, but the mm. way that the, the, the Talmud, particularly the Gemara, talks about how to defeat Christianity is Fascinating, absolutely fascinating, you know, from the guidelines on uh, raping a three-year-old Christian girl, you know, what's acceptable and what's not, to what counts as, a, as, as the rape of a child up to nine years old beyond that uh, a, a Christian child is considered a woman. You know, all of, there's all of that, that sort of stuff. Uh, but the fascinating, absolutely fascinating conversations on uh, how, to, how um, Caucasian men are especially vulnerable to women of all of the races in the world. And therefore, when destroying 
uh, Caucasian society destroying the West, which is the, like the central project of Talmudism. And anybody who doesn't know about this, go and do some reading before you, you uh, squabble uh, on the subject, is you get into the West. You get the West to destroy itself through drugs, uh, its, its uh, indolence, and uh, 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 through pornography. Mm. and drugs De and other things. Demoralization so, yes, must, and destabilization. Yeah. Well, there's demoralization, there's a whole bunch of things, but the way that you achieve that is to go in yeah. through the women, ensure that the women get the vote, then tell the women to be kind and to be gentle and to be patient, and he's just exploring his sexuality. You know, and, and that's why our society is probably, almost certainly, the least like that of our forefathers of, let's say, five generations ago, then the societies, any other society in the world, Chinese society, in its core values and traditions and what have you, Japanese, Vietnamese, uh, Ugandan, uh, Peruvian, Bolivian, whatever, are, are far more closely representative of their forefathers of five generations back than we are. Yeah, we are the society that has been most broken uh, uh, in in recent generations through this work. There's a comment here that says we are all humans, but just like cats and dogs, they are different breeds. Uh, for us humans, different races, all this crap is to divide people even more into hate groups. The thing is, though, is that it's not a good idea to to be blind to what is reality. But it is a bad idea, Simon, to fall prey to uh, division tactics. Well, yeah, Jeremy, I, I don't know. When I said to you earlier that I'm over mm. it, what I suppose I'm saying is I don't care one way or the other. I'm not going to get into this conversation of, uh, um, um, <clears throat> you know, how, how, how they do it in the Northern Hemisphere, even on the most conservative of, of radio shows. But my my best friend is black, and 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 I, I, I'm I'm not a racist, but I'm really beyond that. For me, it's not about going out and hating people. I, I could not care less, one way or the other. I am not going to dissemble on these basics. <clears throat> um, there are phenomenal differences that must inform my thinking. Um, to get into dissimulation about it is I'm sorry, I'm far beyond that point of saying uh, well, you know uh, uh, the best research says but that doesn't mean that I don't hate black people no, the best research says and that's for me and I don't care about the rest and I'm moving on baby. Yeah, there's no need to have a disclaimer yes Mm. agonizing an agonizing disclaimer i love women but <laughs> there's a comment here from oh. from a woman uh, uh, uh catherine she says women's psyches are a weapon to be abused emotions rule the day it's a good comment i mean it's it's a very general comment but it's it's true well i, I don't know as i say according to the greatest book whether it's wicked or not, is, uh, I mean, greatest in whatever sense, as you might say, Alexander the Great, 
mm. of a man who did not one single thing that was good or benevolent. Um, uh, the greatest book ever written, the the, the Mishnah, uh, apparently Caucasian men are the race in the world through observation. Thousands of years we've been watching these guys. And we're telling you now that if you want to destroy them, the way to begin is through their women because they are the people who are most considerate of, for want of a better word. I'm struggling mm. to find uh, an acuitous word in my mind. They are the most considerate of, they are the most um, susceptible to their women. That's what they seem to think. And so far, they're beating us about 10 nil in the West mm. at the moment. Uh, so they must know something. Okay, uh, I see time is now running against us. Let's quickly do some promo for you, Simon. Jeremy, thank you very much. Thank you for have, having Satan this year again. It's a great privilege for, uh, for us. If anybody would like to support our work, we're a charity that is fighting to preserve those precious, precious genes uh, that have done so well through thousands of years. Uh, you can visit saitlanders.org and there you can make a donation. It's ever so easy. S-U-I-D-landers.org. And uh, thank you very much for having us again, Jeremy, and God bless. God bless It's a great pleasure, Simon. Just quickly, for those who don't know, Saitlanders is Afrikaans. Uh, it, it's, it means Southerners, but it translates directly to Southlanders. It doesn't make any sense in English. So it works best in Afrikaans, Saitlanders. That's right. Dead right. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Southlanders. Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's been a... Yes, go on quickly. I was just going to say it's, a, it's a, a biblical thing. There's a phrase in the Bible that is, is translated slightly differently in different languages. <clears throat> and Saitlanders, as much as it means Southerners, is far truer to the biblical original then Southerners is true yeah, to the yeah. biblical original. Well, on that note, my China, <laughs> Simon Roche, thank you for joining me at Trenches. <laughs> Cheerio, Jeremy. All of the best to you. I'll catch you in two weeks, Simon. By the way, uh, if you if you are uh, listening and you enjoy the show, send me an email, germwarfare uh, at tntradio.live. Uh, go to my page on TNT's website. And uh, you can watch the video or you can download the audio after the fact. doesn't really matter. I hope you do enjoy the show. But by looking at the comments, I can see that you really did enjoy uh, the, the chat. Um, but I see I'm getting messages from, from Anoop. Anoop, I, I think I am going to. I, I think I'm going to go. I've done my housekeeping. <laughs> All right. On that note, my name is Jerm. This is Jerm Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.